God, thank you for letting us be here today on this beautiful summer morning, and thank you for letting us gather here in your name. Please be with those speaking today, as well as those who today will be taking communion for the first time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. I welcome you here in the name of our Lord. Our theme this morning is discover joy in sharing. For those of us who are older, there was a lot of talk about Zion when we were children. Everything was to be shared. When I think of sharing as a group, I think of reunions. Some of us returned a week ago from the Lake Donovan reunion and the Chihuahua reunion will be starting today. We were very lucky at our reunion that we had beautiful weather for most of our time. I hope the Chihuahua reunion has decent weather too. For those of you who have attended a reunion, you know that since we live in a small community, there is lots of sharing. We share in responsibilities, fun times, and being respectful to those around us. There has to be a schedule that we follow or there would be no specific time to get up, meals served, classes, quiet time, my favorite time, and even bedtime. This year at the Donovan reunion, they really shook up our schedule. We had our preaching service in the morning. Because of this, my granddaughter Sadie, for one, didn't have to get up early. She skipped breakfast and got up in time for the worship service. <laughs> There were lots of classes to choose from, but none for a particular age group. The hope was that all ages would try different classes together. The evening hours were more classes, campfire, and night swim. Since I had a compression fracture in my back, I didn't participate in a lot of these activities. I don't know what others thought, but I liked the preaching service in the morning. We were fresh. It wasn't as hot in the tabernacle, and it set the mood for the day. Reunion was also shortened by one day, and that seemed to work as well. Greg and I had the privilege of planning and presiding at the Wednesday morning service. Our apostle, Janae Grover, was our guest minister, and she spoke that morning. For those of you who don't know Janae, she is an amazing, talented person. One of our services was a little too long, and by the time she stood up to speak, she had about five minutes. She rose to the challenge and was able to bring us a message in about seven minutes. Most of us couldn't do that. I know Greg couldn't do that for sure. <laughs> in our final service, she sang our sending forth, and it was beautiful. Take the opportunity to worship under her ministry if you have the opportunity. When June and my dad, Ken Fisher, first became an appointee for the church, he was a 70. He traveled around his jurisdiction and spread the gospel. 
Mom's health was not good, and the church people and our family often were called upon to take care of us children. His area was Nebraska, Wyoming, North and South Dakota, and Montana. He would be gone for about six weeks at a time and then home for one week. Often his travels would take him to farms where generally the wife was a member of the church and the husband was not. Since dad had been raised on a farm, he felt very comfortable working in the fields alongside the non-member husband. If they invited him to stay for dinner and offered him a place to sleep that night, he would gladly accept. If not, he would be on his way and often go without a meal and sleep in his car. He didn't have many baptisms with these visits. After he retired, he was questioning what he'd really accomplished as a 70. At a world conference during these times of questioning, he had three different people come up to him to specifically talk about those visits he made and what a blessing it had been for their families. It didn't always result in a baptism, but it was something that was remembered and appreciated. Dad always felt the joy of sharing the gospel, but he hadn't seen the results of sharing. God is good. He showed Dad how his life's work was acceptable. For those of you who were here last Sunday, you participated in a very special service. The members of our pastor team had us reflect and respond to things that hold us back from being all that God wants us to be. There was a sheet with 18 items on it. We were to mark the things that are a problem for us. They were anything from where are you, God? To, I have a problem with a member of my family. Then they tied these items to parts of our congregational blessing. They collected the papers and then passed them out randomly to all of us. We were to stand when one of the items on the sheet we had had checked that box. I apologize for my sheet. There were lots of the items circled. Then they had special prayers for those people. After all the box of items had been prayed over, we brought our pages forward and left them at the foot of the cross. Then they were covered with water, and it symbolized that we can leave these burdens with God. It was very powerful, and I want to thank those who prepared that service for us. This morning, our service is again not going to be a preaching service. I've asked a few people to share their personal testimonies. In the bulletin, it says that it was youth testimonies, but it has turned out to be congregational testimonies. I hope that we will have a service of youth testimonies towards the end of the summer after all the camps have been held. We are going to sing a hymn that isn't familiar, but the tune is easy to sing. Please note that each verse uses a different word. Live, work, pray, and sing. Our call to worship is based on Psalm 66. How awesome are God's deeds. All the earth worships God and sings praises. Let us make a joyful noise to our God. Have all the joyful noisemakers lead the congregation. 
I don't have mine. It disappeared. Now it's time. <laughs> Thank you. Let us, let us continue in worship with our children's moment. The theme or the focus for today is the joy of sharing. And I think a lot of times we kind of forget that sharing isn't just something that you give to someone else to share. And it is important to share toys, books, treats, all of that type of thing. But the type of sharing that I'm really going to focus on today is when you share of yourself. And you can do that with a smile, with a hug, with a kind word, or just um, spending time with someone. And what you will find is that you, that you will make the world a little brighter from giving joy in the sharing. I found a book called Pass It On by Sophie Hinn that I think really demonstrates about the joy of sharing. When you see something terrific, smile a smile and pass it on. When you chance upon a chuckle, he 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 and pass it on. If something happens that's amazing, whoop it up and pass it on. Should you spot a thing of wonder, jump for joy and pass it on. With all the smiles you have made and the joy you've spread around, you'll find the world's a little nicer and those smiles a little brighter. Sometimes the fun and glee aren't in their usual place, but search around, there's always some, a hum, a hug, a happy face. So when the sky is gray and rainy, you'll know just what to do. Grab your wellies and your coat, splash a smile, and pass it on. If you feel a little lonely, don't let that worry you. Just branch out, see who's there, find some fun, and pass it on. Go ahead. And when you least expect it, like a bolt out of a, the blue, a smile or a chuckle will be passed right back to you. 
Enjoy that happy moment. Let that feeling fill you up. Then have a ball, raise a roof, kick your heels, and pass it on. Right now, I have a little thing that I would like for you to try this week. I have something for all of you. Three pieces of candy. One of them is for you, but two of them are for you to share. And along with sharing the candy, I want you to share something of yourself. A smile, a kind word, some time with someone who needs it, just whatever you can think of. And what you'll find is you will bring that other person joy, but you will find happiness and excitement in doing the sharing. You can come up to the front now. Would you like yours? My first year at camp, I discovered that they would play songs at morning worship to get us pumped up for the day. I didn't think anything of it until a particular song was played. The song was called We Believe by Newsboys. The second the song started playing, everyone got into lines and put their arms around each other. It was in that moment that I had started to cry. I had never felt a force so powerful surround me and intertwine my soul with those around me. On the last day of camp, the song Overcomer by Mancita was playing and I was pulled over to the side by my friend Kylie and we just started dancing. While we were going crazy, the same powerful force surrounded me again, only stronger than before. I could feel that others felt this feeling too because people around the room had started to cry 
or were hugging their neighbors or just still dancing like no one was watching. I look back at that moment a lot, and I've realized that it was God surrounding me with the love of my fellow campers and with his grace. I have found that I can still feel him back at home in places that make me happy, on stage after a performance, or with my family on Christmas Day. With all these happy places and memories around me, I will live so that God can live through me. an old saying that when you share your joys, they're doubled, and when you share your sorrows, they're cut in half. And that's something I think we can enjoy as a congregation, that we can share that way with each other. Sometimes sharing can take a more tangible form. When I retired from working full-time, I decided to see what I could do with knitting, which is one of my favorite hobbies. So I started making hats and mittens and sharing them with a couple of charities. And at any given time, I usually have several bags of them around the house until it's time to give them away. And once in a while, I get a chance to share with somebody specific. About a year and a half ago, one of Mark's cousins contacted me, and she asked me if I would like to have the family quilting frames, which have been handed down for like four or five generations. And I'm a quilter, and my daughters are quilters, and besides that, they're descendants of the original owner of the frame, so yes, I want those. So we set up a time for them to bring me the frames, but that's kind of the beginning of the story. At that time, Terry and her husband had recently taken custody of their two great-grandsons, who were aged three and five at the time. Terry had recently retired from teaching, and her husband is several years older than her. So chasing active children was something that was difficult for two seniors. What she ended up doing was putting him in daycare during weekdays, so that made it easier, and she could teach part-time as a way of helping support them. Their mother was not in a position to take care of them, so they were looking after these kids. Well, on the day that they were to bring the quilting frames over, I remembered that she was taking care of children, so I thought, you know what? Maybe they'd like hats and mittens. It was winter time, So I pulled some out of stock. And we had a nice visit with the cousins and found a place to put the quilting frames and waved them on their way. That evening, after everybody was home, we got a phone call. Well, Terry wanted to share with the boys an opportunity to say thank you for the hats and mittens. And the big one said, thank you, and I told him he was welcome. And the little one paused a moment, kind of gathering his energy, you know the way three-year-olds do. And then he said, I have mittens! He was so excited, and I thought, you know, they'll keep you warm, baby, but gosh, if that's that big a deal to you, I'm so glad I could do that for you. <laughs> His little piping voice and the joy just coming out of it was just enough to make my day. So I learned from that that even when you don't have a whole lot to share, share what you have, because sometimes something small means a lot to someone else, and both the giver and the receiver can receive joy. Thank you. 
Jeannie asked me to talk a little bit about reunion. When our kids were little, we went just about every year. I think Rachel was about six weeks old the first time she went. So <laughs> that was an adventure, let me tell you. But um, then as the kids got older and they left home, there for several years we didn't go. And then four years ago, I decided maybe it's time to start going back. And so always before we had gone to Chihuahua, which I loved because I liked that place down over the hill where I could set up my tent, but there's no place down there to camp anymore. And so I decided I'd go to Donovan. And uh, that was quite a different experience because it's just a different campground. But this year, um, I was there. We have a pop-up, and so I was in my pop-up. And uh, from where I was, I had a beautiful view out over the upper lake. And in the mornings and in the evenings when it was quiet, it was a, an amazing view from there. And you could just feel God's spirit there. And as Jeannie had said, the schedule was quite different this year. And I really enjoyed it. I particularly enjoyed, excuse me, I'm not good at this because I'm a blibberer. I particularly enjoyed sharing with time with my friends about many different things. We had work responsibilities. There were the crafts that we were involved in. I got to do some 3D printing. I have a sewing machine that's this big now, so, which is really cool. I did a fused glass class, and then I was in the adult class with Janae Grover. And like Jeannie said, she's amazing. Um, every day, it was something new and new experiences were shared, and I appreciated it a lot. Everything to God in prayer. 
So that was the uh, first song I ever learned to play on the piano when I was 10 years old. And it has um, held a special place in my heart ever since. I know it may seem strange to have um, singing along with the actions of living and working and praying, but I have in my life discovered that singing is indeed a spiritual practice. My earliest memory of it being a spiritual practice happened when I was at senior high camp as a camper. They'd asked me to sing a song, which I did, and afterwards, the camp pastor came up to me and said, you know, God used you and spoke to this camp through that song. And being young and spiritually and emotionally immature, I didn't know what to do with that. I sort of thought, uh-oh, if God's using me in my singing, that means it has to be perfect. It means it has to have no mistakes. And so my training from then on through my teaching, my uh, voice teacher, was to be as technically perfect as I could be. Because, you know, God was going to use me for my singing. And it put a life of um, stress and not joy in my singing where I was stressed when it was time to sing. And it wasn't until we moved here, many years later, and I had the opportunity of preparing music a few times with Brian Tubasing, that he taught me the lesson of being present with God as your goal and not technically perfect as your goal. I had several experiences where the music that we um, provided for ministry was, in fact, ministry. And interestingly, my sense of nerves, of being perfect, went away. And now, when I sing, my prayer is always, God, help me touch the hearts of those who are listening. The other way that I have experienced music as a spiritual practice comes through my gift of being able to choose music for both the Easter season and the Advent season. So every year when the Worship Helps comes out, I spend time looking at and reading through what their suggestions are for those services. And then I begin to spend time with God and saying, what do you think? And there was a day for each of those services, and I'm talking, I've done this probably for 15, 17 years, right before or several months before the holiday, that I would be upstairs in that music room all by myself, and I would spend the day, and I would have the worship helps in front of me, and I would have my thoughts that, I, that God and I had prepared and I would start pulling boxes of music. I would sit at the piano, I would play them, and I would rest with that and saying, how can this music or can this music um, enrich the service that we're preparing? And I would spend the whole day doing that. 
And then I would be also um, spending time choosing the hymns that the congregation would use to supplement and complement what the choir would be doing. And I can't even begin to express to you how peaceful that day is, even though it meant there was a lot of work yet to be done. When I was at a point where that music had been selected and that vision for the service or the season had been prepared, I was at rest and I was joy-filled. And imagine when you're sitting in the choir during choir practices or during the service and you're listening to the people live out the message that that text provides. And God and I celebrated together for the joy that was given to us um, by the choir and the congregation's singing. So I would invite you to turn to hymn 253, the one that I just sang, and let's sing our theology together, the third verse only, any parts you want to put in or any harmony you want to add, we will sing our theology and be blessed. Verse 3. Let us pray. God of peace, hear our prayers. Help us to pray, even though our voices are silent. Help us to pray through our breath. Help us to breathe in your love and your peace. Help us to breathe out injustice. Breathe in, breathe out. Teach us peace, grant us peace. O oh God, let peace fill our earth. Amen. In Community of Christ, the Lord's Supper is a sacrament in which we remember the life, death, and living presence of Jesus Christ. Through partaking of the emblems, we renew the covenant we made through baptism 
reconcile and strengthen relationships, and commit ourselves to Christ's mission in the world. Others may have different or added understandings within their faith traditions. We invite all who participate in the Lord's Supper to do so as an expression of the love and peace of Jesus Christ, in whose name we worship. All are welcome at Christ's table. From 1 Corinthians, For I received from the Lord that I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This morning, Bronx Harker and Max Stoll will be taking their first communion. Max and Bronx, we welcome you into the community of Christ. We are so excited to be on this lifelong journey with you.
As you are able, please kneel for the combined prayer over the, the bread and the wine. Eternal God, we ask you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread and wine to the souls of all those who receive them, that they may eat and drink in remembrance of the body and blood of your Son, and witness to you, O God, that they are willing to take upon them the name of your Son, and always remember him and keep the commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his Spirit to be with them. Amen.
I always have a special kinship with Jeannie when she shares a story about her family uh, under appointment because uh, I come from a pointy family. Uh, I can remember uh, first grade in Kirtland, Ohio, uh, and conference that year, we uh, learned that we were being moved to New York Metropolitan District. So Kirtland was a town of about 5,000, and New York was the largest city in America. So it was uh, quite, a, quite a change for our family. Uh, my dad, uh, as his usual procedure, would come up with some kind of fundraising program for the campgrounds when we moved to New York. And uh, this time it was uh, for a new dining hall at the, at the campgrounds. And so they asked for uh, pledges from people in the district. And uh, everybody filled out a pledge card and they turned them into the communion plate. And uh, after my dad was going through all those pledges, he discovered that my sister Judy had given the second largest pledge in the district, $200. Now, this was 1958, that, that was a lot of money in 2000, $200 in 1958. And uh, my mom and dad sat Judy down and said, do, do, do you realize what you've done here? And Judy was quite perturbed. She said, yes, I realize what I've done. Uh, my sister Judy babysat. And uh, when it came time to count the pledges, my sister brought in a mason jar to my mom and dad. And in that mason jar was $201 bills. We have to give based on our capacity to give. Judy felt that was her capacity. The ushers, please come forward. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on the givers and the gifts that they may be used wisely and in your service. In Jesus' name, amen.
And now may we go forth in the joy of sharing. May we share with those we, have, we come in contact with this week. May we be present to those spirits who are beautiful as well as those who are not. It is our calling to share joy with all those we encounter, to be particularly seeking those who need the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And now go in joy to be God's presence in the world. Go in peace. Amen.